Welcome to the ACR Bulletin Podcast, the show where we examine the latest trends affecting radiology. I'm your host, Chris Hobson, and today I'm joined by Farouk Daco, MD, MPH. At the University of Pennsylvania, Dr. Daco serves as Assistant Professor of Radiology and Cardiothoracic Imaging, Vision of the Perlman School of Medicine. He is also an LDI Senior Fellow within the Leonard Davis Institute of Health and Economics at Penn. Dr. Daco, it's a pleasure to speak with you today. Chris, it's so nice to talk to you today. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for making the time. We really appreciate it. Um, well, today I'd like to discuss your interest in both uh, advancing radiology in underserved areas and radiologic public health informatics. Um, for starters, please tell us about your journey to becoming a radiologist who places public health at the forefront of your practice. It's a great question. So I, I actually got a training in um, public health before I went on to do my radiology residency. And I think that really drove my early interest. So I, I, I had just finished my MPH at John Hopkins School of Public Health right before I started um, training for radiology at Temple. And then right after that, I went to U University of Maryland where I did my cardiothoracic fellowship in addition to an image and informatics fellowship. So when you really put it all together, you know, you, you get the, the public health um, angle and you get the informatics angle to, to, to really um, look into the field of public health informatics and its overlap with radiology. So it sort of sounds like it was organic. It wasn't something you set out to do, but maybe through the course of your, your schooling, it, it sort of rose to that level. Exactly. Um, I, I started off with definitely with an interest in public health. Um, you know, I would say that that was, that was my first passion. And, you know, I, I believe that radiologists had a role in public health from the different you know, things that we do from screening to, to just the impact of all of our um, advanced imaging and its ability to detect early disease. And then over time, I learned about the field of informatics and I realized that you can do a lot more with the, the data that we got from radiology to, to really um, make predictions about um, patient disease even earlier than that I thought we can do before, as well as predict um, patient behavior as well. Interesting. Well, that's probably that's probably important for a lot of younger uh, physicians coming up that you didn't have this grand plan in your mind. You just sort of, you know, you kind of went about your business and, it, and it's just sort of um, surfaced. That's really interesting. Um, can you help our viewers better understand what data analytics and predict predictive analytics entail and um, how they how they can help improve the outcomes for specific patient populations? Sure. So, I mean, the, the idea of data analytics and predict predictive analytics is, it's not new really, but, you know, what is new is what we're able to do with it, right? The, 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 the data sets are getting larger. The, the ability to mine these data sets in a some, somewhat of an automated way is getting better. So when you really put it together, radiology in itself is data, it's data rich, right? From the images that we acquire, but, but even the, 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 the non-imaging part of radiology as well is also data rich. So we, we're able to use that to, to, to really predict, again, early disease, right, um, the likelihood of, of disease, we're able to stratify um, patients based on risks, 
we are able to predict um, patient um, compliance. We're able to predict whether or not we have a higher risk for a missed care opportunity. So we're really able to do more now. That's really interesting. And that, that, that the way you just put that uh, missed, missed care opportunity, I think that's a new construction, right? It used to be called something else, but now there's, is that, is that correct? Do I have that right? That's a fairly right. new way of thinking about that. Right, right. You know, we used to look at it as, you know, pa patient no-shows, right? You no know, shows. and sure. really just, I guess, put an onus in the patient's to show up to the appointment. But, you know, as folks have got a better understanding of the complexities of these things, we realize it's just a miss, it's, it's, a, it's a missed opportunity for care. Hmm. And there, you know, there are reasons why it happens. And, you know, the, the better we understand that, the better we can sort of deliver care in a way to re reduce the chances of that happening. Speaking of improving the health of populations, um, in a 2016 JACR article, you mentioned that the uh, World Health Organization considers one of uh, the three main functions of public health to be ensuring that all populations have access to appropriate and cost-effective care, and that includes health promotion and disease prevention services. So uh, you've already mentioned a little bit about the role radiology can play in public health. Can you elaborate on that a little bit, please? Right, definitely. So yeah, so you know, we talked about the the different opportunities for radiology to improve health, right, and prevent disease, um, detect disease early, potentially in a preclinical phase, right. So when we think about things like mammography, right, for um, breast cancer screening, DEXA scans for osteoporosis, um, we can think about lung cancer screening with low dose chest CT coronary artery calcification as a risk for um, coronary artery disease. You know, these, these are all things that we, we can be more involved in the design of the delivery of these to our, our patient population. We can also be involved in educational outreach efforts to talk to patients about the, the need for these studies to explain to them what the experiences are going to be like, right? You know, we've all encountered too much, you know, patients showing up and not really having a good experience while they get these studies. And part of it is because they, they're never really prepared for what it should be like. And, and that really affects their likelihood of returning for these services, especially when they're screening services that are not really dealing with an acute situation, right? So understanding that folks, patients are individuals like anyone else and they have other more pressing issues. And it's important to look at, you know, what the things we can do to make sure these services are delivered to them in a way that's more likely to be used by them. So you, you, we talked a little bit about predictive analytics, right? So. Radiologists can be involved in making the determination for where in a healthcare enterprise the CT scans should be located, right? We can look at, you know, the patients, you know, the times patients couldn't make it to the appointments and we had this missed care opportunities. Was it, was it a certain time of the day, right? Was it a certain day of the week, right? Was there uh, an association between the distance that, that these patients lived and 
the, the location of the CT scan is. So we really have a lot of data that, uh, that, that are, that's in place that we can really analyze and help answer these questions as to how to better deliver radiology services. And I guess that, you know, played into my next question about healthcare disparities and, and radiology, but it sounds like, um, you know, there's a, a big role for radiology to play in that. Um, well, to, to address healthcare disparities, um, you come out strongly in favor of, of getting outside of the, the, the dark reading room and engaging directly with communities and, and with people where they are more, more so than anything. Um, so whether that be working through health, uh, faith centers or community centers or even senior, uh, senior citizen uh, centers, um, do you envision radiologists getting more involved in the, in the real world like that? And if so, how, maybe how uh, can they do so? So, you know, I firmly believe that we really learn more than, than, you know, we really get more from other people involved when we go out there, right? Mm -hmm. we, we really learn so much and make a connection with people in the community. And at the end of the day, it's about people, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, people really, our feelings about people determine what we do next, right? right? So one, it's just important for radiologists to be exposed to people in the community and talk to them and understand who they are and you know humanize them a bit right especially given the fact that we don't get to see them a lot right mm -hmm. so that's one two you know that really helps us with the next step which is how can we better design our services to meet their needs right so we need to go out there build some trust with um, people right get to know them before we can go ahead and design our intervention. So I'll give you an example. A couple of weeks ago, my department, a lot of my colleagues in my department, uh, UPenn and some residents, we, were, we went out to the community. We went to a church in partnership with um, the Obama Foundation to do an outreach for, um, COVID-19 education, as well as sign people up for the next community vaccine clinic. Mm. And the, the, the foundation with um, their fellow Khadija were, were able to get donations from surrounding grocery stores. So Whole Foods oh. and um, Trader Joe's, Sprouts. And, you know, it was just one day, right? But People from radiology came out, got to meet people in the community. They got to meet us and they got the food. We signed some people up for the COVID-19 vaccine. Oh. But even more importantly, now, you know, the church is reaching back out to us to say, hey, listen, like we want to work with you guys again. So wow. now in the next conversation, we can start to talk about, all right, you know, let's introduce other things like health promotion for lung cancer screening, right? So like get a better understanding of why people, you know, why the uptake for lung cancer screening isn't that great, right? We can start these, these conversations. And then we can start to design approaches to fix that, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe help with transportation, maybe help with, you know, the, the timing of when the studies are, are um, taking place maybe help just people navigate the complexity of the healthcare system. I mean, just, just, just understanding what is in your doctor's 
note sometimes can be so difficult. So there's, there's a role to play, but it starts with making that contact. That's great advice. And, and as, as keyed in as you are on the local level and, and community involvement, it sounds like you also have an, an interest in, in globally in, in uh, enhancing radiology's role in global health promotion. So it's, it's an interesting dichotomy. So why, why is that uh, this, you know, global uh, health promotion so, uh, such a priority for you as well? And uh, what do you see uh, as radiology's role therein? So, I mean, I really see it as a continuum, right? So, you know, it's it's global. America is part of the globe, right? You know, and, you know, there's disparities in care that are, real, that are, that are regional, but there's also disparities in care that are global. And mm-hmm. you can't ignore one or the other. My, you know, my intro, introduction to global health really happened while I was doing my MPH as well at, at Hopkins. My... I met with my advisor and he was like, you know what, based on what, what your interests are, you should, um, I should introduce you to this organization called Rad Aid. Mm-hmm. So this was in 2015 before I even started radiology residency. He sort of told me about it. I reached out to, to the organization and, you know, we'd been, we've been working, I've been working as part of the organization since, since then. And, you know, there's a famous sort of quote, which is two thirds of the world's population has no access to diagnostic imaging, right? So that you know that's something that should not be ignored. So in that in a similar vein, um, you co-authored a recent paper about the limitations faced by low and middle income uh, countries when it comes to implementation of something like artificial intelligence or AI. Um, insufficient uh, local equipment personnel expertise, infrastructure, uh, data rights frameworks, and public policies were all highlighted uh, as just some factors in your paper. Um, why is AI so important to global health first? And second, um, what can radiology do to improve the situation? Yeah, so, you know, AI, is, as, as, as you know, is something that's being talked about a lot right now with a lot of potential. And the as much as we haven't realized its true potential, it could be a wedge that worsens the health disparities between the haves and the have-nots, right? Between the high-income settings and the low-income settings. So, you know, how do you make sure that low-income settings, low- and middle-income countries have an equitable, you know, access to AI given their own unique situations that are specific to the different regions, right? So it's really important to, one, include these regions in the creation of the of the AI products, because if they're not included, that could introduce bias. Mm-hmm. Just like clinical trials and medicine, you know, it affects the generalizability of the product if the population involved in creating it, it's a narrow population, right? So, so, so that's the case for data, data diversity, and also the case for making sure that they are involved in the rollout process. So, one, their data is being used to, to create these algorithms, and then they get access to the finished product. Because we don't want the situation where AI turns out to be this wonderful thing that really takes medicine to the next level for only a certain group of people. So in the paper, we really try to say, 
Yeah, based on what what you mentioned, the differences in personnel, personnel infrastructure, there needs to be a, a unique approach to AI in these regions. So we propose a three-pronged approach of clinical radiology education, infrastructure implementation, and a phased AI introduction, right? So you have to understand what the, you, what the particular region doesn't have first and try to make sure they're ready for potential AI products. So make sure you're doing the, you're, you're, you're teaching folks about what AI is and how to validate and appraise AI products, right? You're, you're making sure they have the right infrastructure. So do, do they need a PAC system, for example, installed first, right? Um, do, do they have the right internet um, to be able to use certain kinds of products that require that? And, and lastly, you know, do you want to just throw a bunch of things at them, <laughs> you know, which we know doesn't work anywhere, or do you want to sort of pilot things and and phases and um, and take it from there? And to conclude, I just wanted to ask you a couple of questions about the future, uh, you know, in these areas. Uh, first off, what do you envision for the future of radiologic uh, public health informatics and how it'll be used, uh, you know, to advance radiology in underserved areas? as you've already alluded to before. And I guess, secondly, what is the future of radiology's role as a catalyst uh, when it comes to global health promotion? You know, I think radiology as a field is more set up than most other fields for global health, right? Just, just the fact that, you know, things can be done remotely without really losing anything as far as quality, right? So, Education could be done remotely. You can have joint readouts with trainees all over the world, basically on the same computer. Um, we're sort of leading this wave of artificial intelligence, given the fact that our specialty is data rich. So I really do think we have an opportunity to take a leading role in the next phase of healthcare evolution which is more globalization, right? Because we're set up for that. So I really do see us as leading this, this new effort. Um, I think it's important for radiologists to embrace that and embrace their role in that, but understand that ultimately, like I said early on, it's, it's about people. So it's important for us to get out there to talk to people, to really get a better understanding of healthcare delivery, you know, social economic determinants of, of health behavior, um, things that really require leaving the reading room to get, to get a, a good grip on. So I do think the future of radiology, public health informatics is bright. And, you know, I'm very excited to be, to hopefully be a, be a part of that movement. And it sounds like a lot of the, the same principles hold, whether it's you're focused on the community, the local community or global health um, promotion. I mean, so, you know, as far as addressing social determinants of care, making sure that you've got the right technology and really getting out and, and learning who these, the folks are that you're, that you're dealing with. So I guess in that same vein, what, would, what do you think the future is for, on a global scale with uh, health promotion and how can radiology be a catalyst to, to that? Yeah, I mean, you know, 
I think, you know, like you said, the, the same things um, hold true. I think we, we have the ability to really create a global community in radiology better than most other fields. And we have the ability to really tackle the issue of equity, right? Because one of the tenets of quality care is equitable care. And one, one of the biggest reasons for poor quality is inequity. So I think we, we as a field that's, we're typically data driven, um, we, we, we really could make to keep the focus on, on data right keep the focus on science and i think we could build a global community that that is really supportive of one another that's a really optimistic note to go out on and i i think you're right um now dr deco thank you so much for the interesting conversation i'm wondering if people want to you know continue this really important conversation can they find you somewhere online yeah for sure um, um i'm a twitter uh, I don't tweet a whole lot, but I'm I'm always there liking stuff. Um, they can catch me at Farouk underscore Daco as, as my Twitter handle. So Excellent. yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's great. Well, speaking of Twitter, uh, you know, for our listeners, uh, if you have any future uh, show topic ideas, you can reach out, out to the um, ACR Twitter handle at, at Radiology ACR and just uh, include the hashtag ACR Bulletin Podcast and please let us know what's on your mind. I also invite you to check out all of our episodes, our prior episodes, uh, which are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and ACR's own YouTube channel. Uh, thanks again so much, Dr. Daco, and, and really thanks to our listeners. Uh, this has been the ACR Bulletin Podcast. Podcast. See you next time.